Ah, a morning to myself with no responsibilities. This is the life. I don't have to worry about anyone else but myself all morning long. What more could I ask for? Uh, what? Why are you looking at me like that? I know that this is how you all look Sunday mornings when it's time for worship. Okay, sorry, is it so wrong of me to want a little time away from my family and my friends? Sometimes being with other people and, and taking care of other people can be exhausting. You know what? I'm just going to ignore you all and enjoy my time alone with my coffee. Thank you. All right. Uh, you know what? This was fun for about five seconds, but I'm starting to feel like I'm missing out on something. It's almost like alone time is good in doses, but we were created to go through life together in a community, not alone. And side note, I, I do want to acknowledge that we are in a crazy time right now where some of us don't have a choice but to stay home. So if you know someone that has to be home, especially if they're alone right now, please call them or text them or visit them in some form or fashion because they probably need you right now. Okay, side note over. We're going to take some time today to discuss a foundational aspect of our church and how it contributes to a sense of community in our lives. But before we go any further, I need to take a shower. Almost forgot my coffee. Oh, gotcha. All right, much better. Last week, we started a series called Church Unexpected, where we dove into the idea that we, the church body of LCC, are a people in it for the long haul. We don't believe that change happens quickly, and we are committed to the ongoing process of Christ's work within and among us. Today, we are looking at another aspect of our church that you may not have realized was necessary. We are a church that requires you to serve. That means that we don't see church as sitting on the sidelines observing God's work. No, we are called to be in the game, committed to serving each other according to our spiritual gifts. The main question I'd like to ask and answer today is this. What happens when we serve to our church body and to us? We asked some people from our body to come together and talk about their experiences at LCC and abroad. Let's listen in on some of their thoughts about what it means for LCC to be a church that asks our people to serve and be engaged. So another thing that's distinctive around here is this idea that, um, and some people even find it off-putting, is that we just don't stop asking you to plug in, right? Um, and, and sometimes that means in our cell life, in our small groups, but sometimes it also means like in service. Not sometimes, it does mean in service. Find a place to connect through in relationship, but find a place to connect in service. And, and that's a big part of who we are. And, and so we're just going to share some thoughts on that and move forward. Okay. 
So that would be me. Yeah, we should go for it. Soft love. Um, so early. <laughs> oh, for me, thanks. You didn't get the signal? <laughs> <laughs> Social distancing. Um, so I shared earlier how I had this distrust of church. I mean, I had served in church my whole life. It was just this whole thing like you you did. It was part of your identity. And, and I just grew really sour of that. So I tried not to share with this new body um, the things I could do um, because I was leery of identifying. I was leery of um, being a part of everything. So, you know, and I got to thinking one day, God was so good to hit me between the eyes with it, that he had given me gifts and skills and experiences that I use in my day job. I teach second grade. And he's like, I've given you all of this and you're making money (laughs) using what I have given you. And yet you won't use that same gifts and experience to feed my sheep. And for me personally, it was so convicting. For me personally, it became a sin issue where I had to obey him because he had given me and gifted me with something. And to withhold that from his bride was like something I was not willing to sleep at night with. And it was one of, it's humbling to be like, all right, I can help. <laughs> I, I, I can do things. <laughs> I can be a vibrant part of this body. And and I still kind of hold it open-handed, kind of like, yeah, I've, I've got these things and and God, am I using what you have given me to continue your story? Yeah, and that, it's so interesting because, you know, you try to lead by, like, um, you know, the, the Gospel of Luke says, like, compel them to come into the kingdom. <laughs> like, and you try to lead by just, like, a compelling case. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes folks take, take that case and sometimes they don't. I'm curious, like, you, you guys sort of, what, what do you think about this? What level of responsibility does the church have to like require people to engage? Like, how, do, how does the church even do that? Mm. What does that look like? I'd say it's kind of implicit in like the idea of church. Like, if you're, if you're coming together as a body, uh, things need to need to happen, and so I feel like uh, you know the. There's 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 pushy and then there's like being um, almost like drawing people in, right? And I feel like the church the church has a role of drawing people in, um, but then the response is really up to up to up to each person how they respond. Um, that's that's how I feel about that one. Yeah, I think I I agree. I, and your your you know, the fact that you've been given like these gifts. I think it's 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 on us as a body to like make sure everybody knows that like there's the idea of uh, folks that just kind of are passively involved in church in the body. It, it's kind of a contradiction in terms, you know. If we talk about like what a body is and like every part has a has a role and every role is important, and so everybody and their gifts that they have are important. So. I mean, there's there's an education to it. There's a modeling that needs to happen. At the end of the day, like the idea of requiring everybody to do it is probably a bit of a radical idea. But I think it's it's almost like making it painful, making it obvious that if you're not engaged, um, if kind of just coming and hanging back and you know listening to the message and whatnot, then you're 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 missing out. You're really missing out on what it means to be a part of of a movement of a body and what it's you know, what God's trying to do in his kingdom. So, um, so, so I remember, um, actually both 
when I came to Life Community initially back in 1990-whenever, um, seven, I guess, and when, um, and then when we came back, I remember the sin in me being like, oh, I know what I have to offer, but I'm not, I'm using it somewhere else. Like, I'm not gonna, like, there was a, um, a, a thing in me. Um, what, what is a church's responsibility with someone who was like me? Like, what do you think? Like, how, how, do, how does a church respond when somebody just sort of says, like, nope, it's mine and I'm going to tuck it away? Well, I'll tell you what LCC did for me yeah. personally. And, and, they, and again, this body is known by grace and lovingly. And they just said, okay, but I might ask you again. <laughs> you know, and they use like, um, yeah, like they're just so kind and so gracious and knew that that was, again, my journey and what I was working through. And they said, okay, but we know God will continue to do a good work in you. And when that time is right, we'll celebrate it. And you're like, oh, good. And they may have been privately praying. They may have been pleading, oh, dear Lord, let her see, let her see. But, mm-hmm. um, and I see that in other people. I get to know them. And I think part of it is the requirement is I think we're required to get to know people so that we can proclaim who they are. It's kind of like in the Bible, you know, it uses the example of like a physical body. Mm-hmm. I mean, if an ear goes like today, I just don't feel like hearing. Sure. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just not. And you want to go, you are designed to hear. <laughs> yeah. That's what you were made to do. And you have um, something to do. So to lovingly. Isn't it awesome hearing from some of your friends and peers at LCC? Don't get me wrong, I'm excited to speak today too, but I'm thankful that I don't have to do it alone. We will hear from them some more later on, but I want to point out some of the things that we just heard from them. Tom and Rachel both felt like they knew what they were good at, but were hesitant to let other people know. What were the end results of that? Well. Both expressed feelings of conviction that later turned into feelings of fulfillment and satisfaction in knowing that they were using their God-given gifts to serve others and bring God glory. That brings us again to the main question I want to ask and answer today. What happens when we serve? I want to focus on two things. What happens to the church body and what happens to us? You and me. Let's focus on the church body for a second and look to Philippians chapter 1, a passage that Tom referenced last week. It reads, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart and Whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight, 
so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's pray together. God, we're excited to be together this morning. I pray that you fill me with your spirit. I pray that everything I say is truth that comes only from you. I pray that you work in the hearts of everybody who's watching this, whether it's Sunday morning, whether it's another day or time of the week. God, I pray that you equip us to serve. God, you have given us all many, many gifts, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. We pray that we're able to find the community that we so want, so longingly, God, through serving. Give us that. Amen. All right. So what can we gather from this passage? Paul is writing to the church in Philippi and begins his letter with a welcome that reflects on the togetherness that is found in serving in ministry. It's all throughout that passage. In all my prayers for all of you, he said, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. When we serve together with this common goal of sharing the gospel, something amazing happens. Don't miss this. I'm going to say it a lot this morning. We build community within our church, which I would say is streets ahead in its thinking. I love how Kyle mentioned earlier that there is a way for churches to ask their people to serve that can be pushy. And I I think as a pastor, that's good for me to hear. I also appreciate how Kyle described the other form of asking our people to serve as drawing people in together. Our focus as a church is never to have people serve simply so that they can accomplish a goal and make Sundays happen. That is not it at all. Our focus as a church needs to be this. It needs to be requiring you to serve is to invite you or draw you into the process of honoring God through accomplishing his goals in you and through you. And also, and don't miss this part, building a community with others. I'm going to say that again, just so you don't miss it. Our focus as a church requiring you to serve is to invite you or draw you into the process of honoring God through accomplishing his goals in you and through you and also building a community with others. Uh, Earlier, Dan, Dan said it excellently when he mentioned that going to church shouldn't be a passive experience. We don't just ask you to come on Sunday mornings to sing, to sit, to listen to the message, then go about your lives normally. No, instead we ask you to be part of a movement, to use those God-given talents and gifts to serve as a broken people, to join with other broken people and go through life together. I want you to try something really quick. Think back to the closest relationships that you have, whether they are with family, friends, or coworkers. There's a solid chance that those rich relationships you have with those people are built upon many different, see if you can finish the sentence, experiences, right. I feel like we, I feel like we just had a Dora the Explorer moment right there. That was kind of nice. Right, experiences. When we serve each other and the whole church body and ministry, we are opening the doors to rich and wonderful relationships, not just with God, but with each other, with the whole church body. Some of my favorite times of being a worship pastor are the befores and afters 
of a worship rehearsal. I'm usually talking or hanging out with someone, but as I look around to the rest of the team, I'm, I'm always able to witness my friends engaging in conversations with each other. You've got whoever is running the soundboard shooting the breeze with the vocalists, uh, guitarists chatting it up with our light technicians or maybe whoever is running Pro Presenter. You've got the bassists. Okay, actually our bassists are pretty quiet, so I'm just kidding. Love you, bassists. Uh, you've got the bassists. Uh, oh, sorry. The bassists are talking with the keyboards, and you, you know what the best part is. And I'm, I'm not ashamed to brag on my friends when they're just being Jesus to each other. I'm sorry if it gets old. The best part is that the conversations and relationships come naturally as they serve. There is something to be said about doing ministry that really brings people together. People from different cultures and backgrounds are able to come together and serve. Our God truly is a God of unity. Those are just a few of the things that can happen to our church body when we surrender ourselves to service. All right, answering the other question, what happens to me when I serve? Going back, going back to the points of what happens to the church, we talked about building community. What happens to us is that we have that community, which is cool, cool, cool. Let's look back at verse 6 of Philippians 1, which says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Tom talked about this last week, and I want to bring our focus back to that verse. When we build a community in our church by serving together, we are doing exactly what Tom mentioned in that verse. We're saying that we are in it for the long haul. This doesn't mean that serving is going to build relationships automatically without any bumps in the road or, or hard times. No, that's not true at all. On the contrary, we can expect that as we build community together through serving, there will be hard times. There will be disagreements. There could be pain. There may even be hurt feelings. But just like Tom said last week, we want to be committed to going through all of life together, not just the good, pleasurable, or easy parts. This means sharing in each other's pain. It means checking in on one another when we feel that we may have spoken out of line or offended someone. It means being the first one in an argument to humbly say, you know what, this isn't worth fighting for or fighting over. This may sound like a lot to handle just to build relationships over, but I have a friend who described this aspect of community and this aspect of relationships very well, and it has always stuck with me. He said something along the lines of, you're never really close to someone until you've had a strong argument or been hurt by them. Again, this sounds like a lot to handle on the surface, but, but think about those strong relationships with me again, the ones we talked about earlier about family or a coworker or maybe just a really good friend. I'm sure that each of those relationships has at least one story of when you hit a wall with that person, when there was a barrier so large that you knew it was either going to be the end of the relationship or that you both were going to have to push through it together. The craziest part about going through a wall like that, while it is difficult, we almost always come out the other side feeling more united than ever before. Instead of being a people that are only committed to serving with people that we like or people that are easy to get along with, 
let's join together today and proclaim that we aren't doing that anymore. Instead, let's commit to building our communities through serving, through service with other people that Jesus has called us to, no matter how difficult that may be at first. You still with me? Okay, awesome. Uh, let's listen in again on that roundtable discussion. And be sure to pay attention to how they reference the ways that our church handles service projects around here. Yeah, I've wondered too sometimes. I, I think of a couple of times in our history where we just were so short on people, especially like children's ministry early on. And there were weeks, so we just said, you know, people would come and say, hey, I'll just go ahead and come in with the kids. And we, we finally said, no, like they can stay in the service. People won't need, know there's a need if, you know, somebody always just steps in. And I remember being really vocal. Can we just make parents come serve in children's ministry? Like mm-hmm. this whole idea of I'm not gifted. I go, you, you, you're a parent. Okay. So you just signed up for discipleship when your child was born. So I was a little bit harsh on that. And, um, you know, people lovingly said, let people come when they're ready. And, and you don't know their history. You don't know if they're coming from a time of brokenness or church wounding. Like just be patient. And so there's a part of me that says, hey, maybe sometimes people don't serve because they're healing or they're waiting. And like you said, they ask again. But there's something that happened in kids' life like last year that also struck me. And it's so sweet. I asked the kids, what are you good at? And every child in that room was so quick to say, I'm really good at math. Or I'm really good at sports. Or I'm really good at art. And they knew exactly what they got excited about. And I remember thinking, if I asked every adult in this room, what are you good at? There would be probably a long pause or a, well, this is my job, or this is what I went to school for, or I don't know. And so I think God's really reminded me too, maybe sometimes people don't serve because they just don't know what their gift is. And I would hope that this is a place where we can help people figure that out and try some things. And it's, it's okay if you don't know right away. One of the things that I love about LCC is that we're notorious for being so decentralized. We almost, it's almost like we wear it as a badge of honor to say that we don't have all of the programs that a lot of churches have. And if somebody comes to the pastor and says, I think we need to do this, that the answer is great, go do that. <laughs> you know, that we, we don't, we don't like have a very a top down approach, but we say, you know, we want the ministry happens among by the people, you know, within within community, within our small groups and, and whatnot. So I think that's kind of the beauty of our setup is that it, it sort of forces the issue. If someone's passionate about something, it's sort of if it's going to happen, it's going to happen because um, people who are equipped and passionate about doing things are are, are doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So. Um, so there's sort of just to kind of wrap this up with this idea, like um, the LCC is a place and we want to be a church that require is the word we're using, but like maybe requires the best word, maybe it's more like it's normative. Like the norm, it's normal that you're you're serving. And and if if we don't have a place to serve, like we wanna help you find that place to serve. But at the same time, like this is normal, and so finding finding ways to express that and saying that clearly and, and keeping that uh, out front is something that I think we've all experienced. Um, 
And, uh, Can and I interrupt you, you with a thought that that could yeah. do? But I remember early on in my upbringing that when you invite someone to serve, it's almost like you're telling them you are accepted. Mm-hmm. You are included as one of us, and we see value and worth in you, and we want you to come alongside us. Yeah. It's not like, no, only these people serve. No, we all serve because right. you're part of us. You're our tribe. You're our family. Yeah. So. Just a thought I had. Oh, that's trying awesome. to wrap us up, and then I yeah, think. no, no, that's good. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I love it. And and that and in so many ways, that is that's the that's a piece of the community, right? When we say life community church, that it's not just that we do this and get to know each other relationally, mm-hmm. but we do this side by side, mm-hmm. and and we work and mm-hmm. and we serve together, and and that's every bit as meaningful and, and matters to us. All right. So what does serving at LCC look like? I'd like to go back and point out something that Dan said about us. He said, we are a decentralized church as far as our ministries go. Our model for service and ministry depends on the body's willingness to put themselves out there and serve. The unique role of our staff as facilitators of others allows us to equip the people within our ministries to experience the community that comes with serving on a team. Things at LCC get done not just by the church staff asking people to do things, but by you all doing them. Need some examples? Good, because I got plenty. Just want to think of all of our ministries in Honduras with the, the Sours. Yes, our staff has gone there and, and visited them, and we have initiated uh, sponsoring kids and, and everything, but a lot of that is done by you guys initiating it and doing the groundwork for it. I think to the missions table um, and, and the Schifersteins and how much they have poured into that table and all the ministries involved with it and many of you guys alongside of them. I think to Sunday mornings and, and our, our, our worship team, whether it's the, the band or the, the AV or the, the vocal teams, just the many ways that you guys come alongside of me and present your own ideas and, and own thoughts and make Sundays happen. Uh, again, next gen, think of the people in youth group. Think of the freedom that our small group leaders have to come alongside of these students and just genuinely take care of them. I think to our teaching teams and how, yes, Tom is always on the teaching teams for, for each uh, different series that we do, but it's also comprised of you guys, not just the staff coming alongside of him and presenting the truths and the facts that you know. Serving around LCC is the norm. Rachel described it in her own experience, and Tom said it well. We want it to be normal for people to serve at LCC. If you aren't serving, then we'd like to come alongside you and help find a place for you to use your unique gifts. Okay, if you're sitting here thinking you have nothing to offer, I want to challenge you to reconsider that. In Ephesians 2, Paul says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Paul spends a whole chapter in 1 Corinthians talking about spiritual gifts and how we are called to use them together. And I'd I'd like to read the bulk of that chapter. Paul writes, "For For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, 
and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. It's a pretty awesome passage of scripture. We truly believe that God has blessed all of us with unique gifts, talents, and abilities that we can use to serve him. We actually have a spiritual gifts test called the shape test that you can take today. It is an amazing resource that could just help you discover the areas that God may be leading you to serve. You can check milecc.info on the weekly resource page to find the shape test. So in summary, what do we learn today? Things happen when we answer the call to serve. We honor God. We build community amongst each other and amongst our church body. And we find a fulfillment and sense of togetherness that we can't find anywhere else.